Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We'd like to welcome today for the very first time, Robert Inc., CEO of Equinox Funds, pioneers in the alternative investments, managed futures, now hedge equities and other such strategies. He speaks to us from the headquarters in beautiful Princeton, New Jersey. Bob, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thanks, Charlie. Happy to be here. So, Bob, uh, you got your undergraduate degree from St. John's and an MBA from St. Thomas. You did several things in the financial industry and became CEO there at Equinox at, in 2007. And you guys focus on a variety of mutual funds with CTA strategies, which are not very common. So let's start with a brief background of Equinox, okay? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Charlie. Of course. So the, the firm was founded in 2003, and you know think of us as an alternative-focused asset manager that's kind of evolving into the equity space as well. And uh, not long after the firm was started, we launched our first fund, which is uh, called the Frontier Fund. Uh, Fr- Frontier Fund was the first offering that brought the managed futures category, or kind of this category accessing commodity trading advisors. They first brought it out to retail investors in a daily liquid, low-minimum kind of format. We've subsequently sold off that fund, but um, in 2009, late in the year, we moved into the mutual fund arena, and we launched the first portfolio of CTAs in a mutual fund, a fund that's called you know, Equinox Mutual Hedge Future Strategy Fund. It's still one of our most successful funds. It's a multi-strategy um, way to access this managed futures asset class. Um, you know, but from there, we've launched a number of other strategies, including some of the most prominent single CTA mutual funds with some of the biggest names in the business, you know, Aspect and Campbell and Chesapeake. And uh, recently, we moved ahead with a newer strategy that we are deploying on a bespoke basis for institutions, but also in a fund format, where we are really stepping back and saying, look, um, we want to allow investors to have the ability to access a more diversified strategy. So we put something out called Ampersand that we can talk a little bit more about during the call today. Okay. That is our mission, Charlie, we're trying to create a investor-friendly strategies that help reduce risk and, and enhance returns over time. Okay, so now let's, uh, let's uh, step back for just a second here for our listeners here, Bob, who may not be familiar with the term CTA. What is that, and how is that different from your usual equity mutual funds? Yeah, great question. So if CTA stands for Commodity Trading Advisor, so think of these uh, traders as often very large funds, very sophisticated traders that can go long or short, any of a variety of categories, but primarily participating in um, equity indices going long or short globally, fixed income, so um, interest rates going long or short, 
physical commodities, long or short, or currencies. So that said, if you think about this, the ability to go long or short, to have global diversification, and then have this subsequent um, diversification in terms of strategy, it accomplishes what one might expect, and that is that the return stream coming from these types of trading strategies are not at all correlated with equities, okay? So it, later we may talk a little bit about correlation, but commodity trading advisors provide access to um, an asset class that is not correlated with equities. And are all of these done through the futures marketplace? They use futures and forwards and so on to access the returns of the markets I just described. But what's happened, what's evolved over time is that um, this, what sounds like an esoteric or complicated asset class, has actually gotten quite simple. You know, think of the concept of, you know, if, if there's bad weather in the Midwest, what do we all think is going to happen to grain prices? They're probably going to go up. Um, so simple things like that have gone from an institutionally focused asset category to uh, one where it's easy for both large institutions and retail investors to access the returns. You know, uh, months ago, probably close to a year ago, we interviewed um, Jerry Parker, one of the original oh, yeah. turtle traders. And uh, he, uh, well, what's the fund he manages for Equinox here? Uh, Chesapeake. Yeah, Chesapeake Fund. Jerry's been managing a fund well before we got started with Jerry. Yeah, yeah, he started in the 80s. And he's just got such an interesting story. And any of our listeners who... Uh, didn't hear that, uh, would want to go on our site and listen to uh, Jerry Parker get interviewed. Very interesting guy, low-key, and, uh, you know, like you say, he's been doing it for decades. And, uh, and basically, uh, before we get started into uh, what we're going to talk about today, the Ampersand Fund, why do people invest into the commodity space? I mean, who knows the price of corn and soybeans and wheat and, you know, if they are having a bad weather here in the Midwest, California, we don't pay that much attention to weather. So uh, why do people invest in commodities? Yeah, well, it, it's interesting. You know, the, this thing is we don't know what's going to happen to the prices tomorrow. You know, what's going to happen tomorrow? We don't know. And so the real answer is diversification. You know, if you think of diversification truly being the only free lunch, you know, we're, we're in a world where we see a huge percentage of investment dollars chasing equities. And it's been a pretty good trade for most people. You know, for the last few years, equities have done well. But historically speaking, the CTAs have done very well. And um, over the long haul, they've had good solid returns. But the key thing is, the returns have not been correlated to equities. And you've seen times where when equities have gotten roughed up, CTAs typically do very well. We saw that in the financial crisis in 2008 when equities went down more than 50%. Most CTAs were up significantly. So that, that's really the reason. I think we all know that a diversified portfolio reduces risk and over the long haul has better risk-adjusted returns. And CTAs, um, because they are not correlated, provide an excellent complement or addition to an equity portfolio. So before we move on, I know I keep saying that here, but well, yeah. one final question. Uh, commodities have 
a reputation in the among investors and even advisors that they are higher risk. Is that reputation deserved? That's interesting. So if um, if you look at the returns and volatility level of any of the the well-known or larger um, CTAs, you'll see that the the return to the I'm sorry the the standard deviation a lot of these funds ranges from around 10% standard deviation and typically up to the high end of maybe 17 18%. Is that all? And the, the high end is roughly um, what you're going to see with uh, equity returns. Yeah. So I think they get a bad rap for that. You know, one of the things you may want to do is, first of all, I think you, that's good counsel. Go listen to the segment you had with Jerry Parker. I listened to it. It was great. You did a great job with him. But also, I'll give you a, a website that just has data. Go to ctaperformance.com. It's a data-driven website. We host it, but basically it's, it's not a marketing site. It's really it's data, and it, what it has is you can look at the month-by-month returns of a wide variety of CTAs. And you can see for yourself how did certain CTAs do when equity, equities were drawing down, and did they indeed have uh, positive performance overall. And we'll let the data speak for themselves. Okay. Hey, thank you very much for that. Uh, that could be very, very helpful. So the ampersand fund. Okay. Um, so what is it and how does it work? Yeah, that's, well, it's interesting that, you know, we were talking about how do CTAs fit in. And so we think of ampersand as wildly broader than just CTAs. There are, there's a basket of diversifiers in them that we'll talk about. But really, this stems from the issue that, um, we all face as investors. It's, it's what do you sell to get access to a diversifier? What do you sell to give access to something else you want in the portfolio? And sometimes it's hard to give up a return stream that you're, um, you're, you're hanging on to. Let's, let's call that a basket or bucket of equities. And our, our idea of ampersand, and the name ampersand comes from and. Basically, we believe that and is better than or. So what we mean by that is, you can continue to hold your equity holdings and have fixed income returns and get your um, diversifiers on top of it. So one of the things we've been doing in a lot of our mutual funds is that you don't need to put up cash to access futures trading strategies, right? So what we do in in a lot of our managed futures mutual funds is we'll have um, fixed income returns. Generally, for us, it's relatively short-dated treasuries. And on top of that, we'll access the returns of, in a lot of cases, a basket of CTAs or some of the more well-known managers in the industry. And yet, we look at that and think, okay, we could do a lot more with that cash. So what we're trying to do in Ampersand is say, look, we're still going to hold a basket of fixed income securities. Um, Think of that as maybe laddering out treasuries, you know, two or three years and using futures contracts to, to secure the returns of the S&P 500. So here's a basket where you can say, okay, if you have $100 in a fund, you can have most of that um, deriving a little bit of income on the interest in the fixed income basket, and you can use futures to, and, and use the fixed income as collateral, use futures to get the returns of the S&P 500, and then on top of that, you can do an overlay 
to have a basket of diversifiers that might include uh, hedges for equities, uh, global macro, spread trading, some you know trend-following CTAs, and so on. And so we've been offering that on a bespoke basis, on a custom basis for institutions. But we decided and launched on January, I'm sorry, July 1st, we put it in the mutual fund, that, that same kind of strategy, okay? So the idea here is and is better than or. Why, why would you sell and give up the returns that you expect from fixed income and equities in order to get your diversifiers? And so really that's where ampersand comes from. That's really the, the high-level concept behind it. So is there that much flexibility? I mean, you know, somebody shows up uh, with $100,000, and you can say, uh, okay, we're going to put so much. Where would you like to put it here? Your eight choices? What percentage you want to put in each? I mean, mutual funds don't usually work that way here. Yeah, that's, that's, you're, so a couple things on that, Charlie on a bespoke basis to the extent we're customizing a portfolio for an institution, we're looking for upwards of $50 million to tailor this to what the needs are of the client, okay? Um, as it relates to a mutual fund, because we've been doing this, and this is part of our DNA, we're very good at structuring, and we're very good at, at selecting a portfolio of diversifying strategies. So with that, um, we put it in the mutual fund so that your average investor can say, okay, good, I can continue to get equity returns. And really, we benchmark the fund against the S&P 500 total return index. That's what we're benchmarking against. And with that, we expect to be able to and hope to and strive to um, beat that benchmark by picking up a little bit of additional return from the fixed income and then having good, steady diversifiers with positive contribution from the overlay. And that overlay will also, it's designed to um, minimize drawdowns, okay, the shallow equity drawdowns. So put all that together, we're trying to make it easy for investors to have their equity returns and the diversifiers too. Okay, so in talking to uh, various uh, advisors and investors, etc. What do you find to be the biggest misperceptions or the biggest hurdle to overcome regarding their objections and their concerns? Yeah, you know, the, the biggest thing that we see is opportunity cost. The biggest opportunity by far is the, this whole concept of not wanting to give up equity returns in a bull market to provide their clients the diversification they know they need. And the way it manifests itself that we see a lot is uh, there's, there's a little bit of a, uh, you're, if you're in the same boat as everyone else, you're doing okay when a drawdown comes. But um, the, this, uh, this obstacle of opportunity cost, they don't want to give up the expected returns of equities and fixed income. And that said, they, we see a lot of advisors continuing to hold on to those and looking in the rearview mirror thinking, okay, in the short term, equities have outperformed some of these diversifiers we're talking about, some of the hedge strategies, some of the CTAs that you talked about, um, global macro, and so on. Even though they've provided um, fairly steady returns over the long haul, um, this, uh, this resistance to giving up equities or fixed income to diversify properly, we think has been, that's, that's been the biggest obstacle. So 
what do you do, Charlie? You say, hey, look, if, if they're not going to sell what they currently have to properly diversify their clients' portfolios, let's accept that and say, all right, they can keep their equities and have diversification. And that's really what, what drove us to moving this from a bespoke offering to institutions to say, you know, let's make this available to retail investors. Now, you guys have another unique approach, okay? And by the way, uh, the, the programs I've seen, uh, I don't see that combination that, uh, that you're talking about elsewhere. So congratulations, and I'm sure this did not uh, come together in a week and a half here. But in addition to that, Bob, tell us about your fee structure, because as far as I know, I don't know any other mutual fund that uh, structures their fees as you have structured the Ampersand Fund, and again, just starting a couple months ago. Yeah, well, you know, Charlie, we have a nice steady business in our mutual fund uh, arena, and as we launched this one, we found ourselves sitting around talking about what all these 60-40 managers, these 85%-plus equity managers, um, we see them managing actively managing portfolios, and in a world where you know low cost ETFs are out there, we started saying you know why the fee um, versus all these active managers. You know WTF? Why the fee? And with that, we said, look, why don't we put our money where our mouths are on this one? And um, we're so confident that over the long haul, this will beat the S P 500 that we put a fee structure out there where we will voluntarily waive our fee if we don't beat the S&P 500 total return index. Think Over what that. period of time? How, how does that? that we, the fund launched, the strategy launched July 1st of this year, and we'll look at it on a calendar basis. So, our, a, uh, so starts July 1st, ends June 30th, 2019. And if that look back does not beat the S&P 500 total return index, we will not receive our fee the following entire 12 months, okay? And we'll keep doing that on a year-by-year basis. So talk about aligning ourselves with investors. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, I, I hope for everybody's sake that, that you beat it here. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not that complex, right? Because we know we're getting the returns of the S&P 500 with the futures contracts, and we know we're picking up uh, a little bit of income from the fixed income sleeve. And we have a very diversified basket in the overlay that will provide steady returns. So we're managing the risk to be about the same as the SP 500. We're targeting that level of standard deviation. But you get, you know, where the expected returns are, the expected returns of the, the SP 500 plus a little fixed income plus the overlay. And so you add that together, 90 plus percent of the time, this beats the S&P 500. And so, you know, we are uh, believers in this. We've seen that historically speaking, this works. So we don't see us. We don't see it as taking all that much risk. But we're really trying to be bold and say, look, we will be aligned with investors in this one. And well, we really want people to take notice. Congratulations. Now, uh, one thing that isn't clear here, Bob, is uh, what is it that uh, Equinox does, and what is it that sub-advisor managers do? Or how many of them are there? How, how does that work? Yeah, so the, the portfolio team that we have will be putting together and actively managing the portfolio of overlays. So what does that mean? That means they're doing research, they're doing site visits, they're doing all the due diligence on any of the managers um, that we would be accessing the returns. 
they, uh, you know, that'll include, there's a couple uh, peer equity hedges in there that are systematic. They, they are designed to basically turn on when equities are drawing down. There's global macro, there's um, trend, there's counter trend, there's a short-term component. So the variety of trading styles is high. Um, there's no um, requirement in terms of how many managers' returns we're accessing, but think of it as being somewhere in the you know, 10 to 15 range generally. And also think of us as trying to get at least 10 different return streams, 10 unique good return streams running simultaneously. And are these all CTAs or primarily two-thirds? Oh, there's definitely a, a high component of CTAs in there, but it's, you know, as you interviewed Jerry Parker, uh, you know, Jerry Parker, like Aspect and, and Campbell are primarily trend followers. Right. So we do have a fair amount of trend in it, and trend has historically done very well when equities draw down, and usually does pretty good when equities are going up. But, no, we've added other strategies like systematic macro, uh, discretionary macro, the, uh, you know, spread trading, and so on. So we try to have a mix in it, and we do have flexibility to kind of broadly diversify it and not just um, rely on trend following. So uh, we're going to step back for just a minute here. Bob, got three questions for you we'd like to ask our guests. One, what is the best advice you've ever heard, read, or received about investing? You know, it, it really comes down to this concept of diversification, right? Um, you know, Ray Dalio is famous for having said, you know, if you put 15 or more good uncorrelated return streams together, that you reduce risk by about 80%, okay? Yeah. Think about that. If yeah. you can put together 15 different return streams, you reduce the risk by 80%. Conversely, um, shared that, listen, if you have 1,000 return streams um, that are 60% correlated, you only reduce risk by about 15%. Really? That is something that resonates with me. You know, if you look at a lot of um, advisors that, that have fairly highly correlated different equity strategies that they yeah. put together and think that they're diversifying with, right. oh, I've got some international, yeah. cap, small cap. Yeah. It's just not that diversifying, whereas you put together non-correlated return streams. And so that's what we're trying to accomplish. And that one... That advice to me was um, golden. It really says a lot in a few short words. Yeah. What, uh, what we like to say in this program, we've said many times, Bob, is that in a bear market, the only thing that goes up is correlation. <laughs> and people think yeah. that they're, you know, uh, uncorrelated because they've got emerging markets and, you know, Brazil and Russia and stuff like that. You, you're not, pal, because when things go down, they take lots of other things with them. Number Even two becomes highly correlated. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So number two, what keeps you awake at night, Bob? Well, I'll tell you one thing that doesn't keep me awake. I, I don't. I don't stay up at night worrying about the returns of our portfolios. Right. Over the long haul, I feel pretty comfortable. You know, the thing that keeps me up more of the business management issues. You know, do we have the right people? You know, are we making the right kind of investments in our distribution network? Are we? Um, 
are we making the right investments in our business? Not so much um, financial investments, but it's more about the business activity. So when I wake up early and try to think through what we're doing from a business standpoint, it's really much more operational and uh, distribution related. Yeah, and you know, uh, I, I completely agree with that, and that stuff can drive you crazy, can it? So, <laughs> yes, it can. A definite challenge. Third question we ask all of our guests here, Bob, what book on investing would you recommend for listeners? I, I, the one I'm really hot on right now, and I've got a stack of them ready to send out to some friends, is Trend Following by Michael Cavell. It's, it's one of those... You know, you mentioned Jerry Parker and some of the folks I've mentioned, like Marty Lewick at Aspect and Mike Harris at Campbell. They are, they're, they're noted throughout the book. And, you know, we're fortunate enough in our business to know a lot of these folks. And it is just one of those um, fairly good-sized books now. It's a, it's a healthy read. But net-net is it's one of those well-written, interesting. It's got a mix of um, stories as well as kind of analysis that's it's a really good read. Yeah, I, uh, I highly concur. I read that book, I don't know, eight or ten years ago. And uh, Michael uh, Covell uh, does an excellent job at that book. I was a little disappointed that he didn't give me people to call and <laughs> you know, allow me to invest through them. But uh, no question about it, uh, trend following uh, can be very, very productive for the right people, especially at the right times. It's a very interesting book. So uh, give uh, for those who would like to know more, give us your website and contact information here, Bob. Yeah, of course. So, um, you know, Google or go find us at um, equinoxfunds.com, so equinoxfunds.com. And the um, area I'd like to suggest people look at is we have a lot of um, thought leadership information for both um, advisors but also clients. We have a lot of these really interesting, like, two-minute vignettes that explain some of the more complex strategies that we use. And they, they do it in a very simple, very easy way that either allow a client to understand it or have a, an advisor explain it to their client. And then we have some more detailed thought leadership pieces that are our chief investment officer, Dr. Audrey David, or director of research, Rufus Rankin. Um, the two doctors have put together a lot of pieces out there that are um, very useful for the marketplace. So I recommend looking at those pieces and then we also talked about ctaperformance.com. It's a, I think that is a data set that's useful as well. Great. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, no question about it, today people hunger for information. And you guys do have a website with lots of good information on there. And uh, congratulations for recognizing that. And I hope it continues to work well for you. So final words for our listeners here, Bob. Well, Charlie, we're appreciative of having the opportunity and, you know, if, if your listeners are intrigued by the ampersand concept, whether they're institutional or uh, advisors, you know, give us a call. It's maybe the kind of thing that an allocation in place of an existing equity uh, portfolio allocation may provide um, better risk-adjusted returns in the long haul. So if anyone would like to talk to us about it, we'd love to talk to you. Bob, thank you very much. We really appreciate you joining us today and our best wishes to you uh, and to Equinox. And certainly we hope that you guys beat the S&P 500 through at least June 30 of next year. 
Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Again, we've been talking with Bob Enck, E-N-C-K, CEO of Equinox Funds, pioneers in the alternative investments, managed futures, hedged equities, etc., speaking to us from Princeton, New Jersey, their headquarters. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. We'd love to hear from you. Contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and all of our Uh, Podcasts are listed on our website, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host, Charlie Wright, or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing.